Hello, and welcome to Lessons with Dad. As usual, I'm here with my daughter, Ruthie. Hi. And today we are continuing our study of the book of Acts in chapter 10. Ruthie, chapter 9 was a big uh, chapter. What happened? What was the highlight of chapter 9? It was when Paul was on the road to Damascus and he could see again. That's right. What had he seen? Or he saw the blinding light. That's right. And he went from being a huge persecutor of Christians to becoming one of the greatest Christians in the New Testament. So pretty exciting chapter, but we're going to continue. We've probably got it. We've got three more chapters where Peter is really the focal point. And from there on out through the book of Acts, Paul is the central figure. So we're going to continue in chapter 10. I'll begin in verse one here. Oh, no, actually, Ruthie, we're going to have you read the first part of it. Chapter 10, verse 1. At Caesarea. Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion. Centurion. And what was known as the Italian regiment. So what do you think a centurion was? Like century having to do with like something in a century yeah what what was his job known as the italian regiment so what 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 was his job what did he do for a living any idea what a centurion was i have no idea so he was in the roman army and so this was a leadership role he was a high level person and he oversaw how many people do you think he oversaw as a centurion any guesses what does a century mean a hundred a hundred so it's typically a hundred men if you look up sometimes it ranged right around there maybe 80 but the idea was he led a large group of men and this was a very high-ranking official in the roman army and many centurions uh, would, le they were over a group of 100 or maybe 80 men. And some of these centurions, then when they get grouped together in a pod of four or five uh, groups, they could also oversee uh, that whole group. But regardless, we know he's a pretty high level official or high level commander in the Roman army. Uh, what religion, any idea what religion typically the Romans were? Were they Jewish? Um, Christian, mostly? Nope, nope. So Christianity's just starting up here. So they're, they weren't Christian and they definitely were not Jewish, uh, at least usually not Jewish. And so here's a Roman officer. And did the Jews like the Romans? No. No, they didn't. The Jews did not like the Romans because they were occupying they were like foreign invaders that came in and overtook their land and were occupying it. And although they had, they left, you know, a lot of the Jewish uh, customs and let them work and do things, the Jews were uh, under the authority of the Roman Empire. So when uh, Pontius Pilate and others uh, arrested and, and they were the ones that actually uh, charged Jesus and, and had him 
crucified, that was because the Romans were in charge, not the Jewish uh, leaders. So with that being said, here's a man who's not Jewish. He's in the army that's uh, really over, they're kind of like the foreign invaders. So the Jews don't really like him. And we're going to see what happens to him. But just because they were foreign invaders doesn't mean the individual people were bad. And so here you've got an officer in the Roman army. And we're going to find out he had a good heart and he cared about people. And we're going to see what God thought about that and how he changed the minds of the early Christians to say, God has a bigger plan than just the Jews. And this is a real big turning point here. It sets everything up for what's going to come later with Paul. But he, Peter is going to, going to lead this. But let's read what happens to Cornelius. So uh, he's in the Italian regiment here. And let's go to, to verse 2. He and all his family were devout, devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. So so look, we, we see that he's a good guy. He prays. He cares about the poor. He may not be Jewish, but he loves and knows God. And I, I love to see... Uh, someone here that um, is faithful, not Jewish, but God, you're going to see that God hears him. God hears all prayer. And that is why it is so important for us to say in prayer. So here's what, let's hear what the angel says to him. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon, the tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of food, four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. So th this is a really big point here. So in that time, uh, people like Peter, Jews, wouldn't eat certain foods. Jews today still have very strict dietary things based on the customs and things that came down before. And here, right here, this is where you're going to get. Now, that was for the Jewish people. The Gentiles and others did not follow those same rules. And so 
you're having God, God is working here. And this whole story is about how God changes the minds of not just Peter, but all the early Christians to say, things are different now. And we're going to do things differently because we're going to accept the, this message is for the whole world. So he goes here and God lets down this thing from heaven and says, hey, these foods that you once thought were bad are now good. And, and I can just see Peter saying, hey, look, I'm never going to do that. I know that's wrong. And God says, don't, you don't tell me, Peter, what's right or wrong. If I say it's clean and good, it's clean and good. So he doesn't do it once. He doesn't do it twice. He does it three times. And it's interesting because Jesus does things three times when he really means it for Peter. That's why, you know, after Jesus was resurrected, after he had denied Jesus three times, uh, when he comes back to him, he asked him three times, do you love me? And, and it, that really hurt Peter. But here again, we see three times that he lets down this message to Peter to reinforce that this is from God and it's okay. And that these customs, these things that you once thought were bad, God has made clear. And so we're going to, we're seeing here at the same time that a vision was given to Cornelius. A vision is given to Peter telling him what basically think differently and get ready because you're going to be called to something else. So will you continue on there, Ruthie? This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into his house to be his guests. So this is a big deal. There's several big things here. First of all, letting uh, non-Jewish people in your house is a big deal. Uh, and being around uh, Gentiles was not looked upon well by the Jewish people. Um, but he realized, you know, that his vision told him, do not hesitate to go with these men. Do not hesitate uh, to be with them. So really good job here by Peter obeying what God had said. So they told him about his, their boss, the centurion, and let's see what happens next. I'll continue from here. The next day, Peter started out with them and some of the brothers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. So remember, Peter often would do miracles and have people want to call him a God. And he was very clear to say, I am not the one to worship. Right? This is a big deal. You don't 
Do you get down and worship regular men or preachers or things, Ruthie? No. No, you don't. And so he was making it clear. I'm not the one to be worshiped. I am just a messenger of God. So he gets up quickly and says, talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with the Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objections. May I ask why you sent for me? So he shouldn't even be in the house. He probably, Ruthie, had never, ever been in a Gentile's house, ever. This is his first time. And so he's going in and he's doing it because God had told him it was okay. And Cornelius answered, four days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon or at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is the guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we, all, we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. And it's pretty neat here of the centurion. He wasn't, he wasn't waiting by himself. He anticipated God had come to him, and he had called a bunch of people together in anticipation that Peter was going to come that he was going to answer in the prayer and vision that he had given him. I think that shows some great faith by the centurion, don't you? Yeah, it does. It's, it's, it's nice to see that kind of, of, I wish we could all have faith like that. So he's asking him, what, what have you, the Lord commanded you to tell us? Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him, and do what is right. You know that the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. So he's telling them about the history, what happened, what happened with Jesus. And he says, I love this part, Ruthie. We are, we are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify. Listen to this, Ruthie. Here's what he testifies. Go ahead and read this. To testify that. He is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. That is awesome. Read that last part right there that's underlined in my bible everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name that is awesome that is the message i, I love how simple in, in what we get to see in the book of acts the early message of christianity 
then and now is exactly the same. Jesus died for our sins. He was killed. God raised him from the dead. And all of us who believe in his name, everyone who believes in him, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. It's that simple. That is, that. this is Peter, the one that was closest to Jesus. That is the entire gospel. That is the good news. And the great news that they're hearing right here, Ruthie, and this is why, why do we eat different foods than Jewish people? Why do Christians eat different foods? Because of this chapter. This is where God made it clear, not just to Peter, not just to, the, to everyone, all the early Christians. This is going to cause some issues for people. We're going to see that next chapter. We're going to see it a few chapters after that. We're going to see it in many of Paul's letters, but it's hard for everybody to understand different cultures and different people. But the reason that we're Christians is because of this. This is where the good news is taken out from just being in with the Jewish people and going everywhere around the whole world. Right here. Here are Gentiles, a centurion, his family, the other friends that he has that he called together. They're all hearing the good news. And let's hear, let's see their response. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think they're going to accept the message, Ruthie? What do you think? They're going to be like, they wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't. Maybe not, but they'd seen a vision. They had seen a vision. They, he had, had called. They're there waiting anxiously to hear what God had. Maybe they don't believe it, but I think they're going to be pretty excited. They're open. The Holy Spirit is working powerfully. Let's see what happens. You read right here. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. So, whoa, 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 something big just happened here. The non-Jewish non people had received the Holy Spirit. Had they been baptized yet? No. No, they had not been baptized yet. Normally, no one received the Holy Spirit. So not only are they Gentiles, they hadn't even been baptized yet. But God, I think right here, Ruthie, is making a huge point. He is going not just to Peter, but to all the other Jewish people, the Jewish, the now Christians that were previously Jewish, right? He's going to them and saying, I am saying that this is okay. Don't, just like he, when he let the scroll down of the different foods, don't call what I say is clean, unclean. He's saying, if I say it's good, it's good. I am the Lord. So he's, he's making a point by giving them the Holy Spirit, even before they're baptized to show. And what does it say here? The, uh, the circumcised believers, meaning the Jewish believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the Holy Spirit had poured out. They're surprised. They're shocked. Right. And so I want to, I want to emphasize how big of a deal this is. So, um, just realize this is the reason we're, we're not, we don't come from a Jewish heritage. We're here because God had done, did this right here. So continue here. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? 
they have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with him for a few days. Man, that is an awesome story. Cornelius, the centurion, uh, obviously a devout, good person. He was there praying and God honors prayer. God honors prayer. There are people that aren't Christian right now that are praying to God. They don't know him. They're seeking him. They want him. God hears that prayer. God wants us to pray to him, to turn to him. And he honors that here. And so all prayer is good. All prayer is good. And if you're honestly seeking God, God is going to seek out and reach out to you. He does it right here for Cornelius. And because of that, uh, God is bringing about huge change because the Christian faith is going to go way beyond just Jerusalem and just the Jewish faith. Uh, and any thoughts on this chapter, Ruthie? I don't think I've ever heard that story of when they received the Holy Spirit without getting baptized. Yeah, it, it's powerful and it's a big deal. It's in this story, um, you know, it's not one of the big ones that you hear about, but the book of Acts is packed with powerful stories like this. And, and, and I love this one because this applies to all of us here as, uh, as, um, Gentiles. And the, the reason we, it explains a lot in the faith on why God had said clearly, um, that we could eat different foods and do things differently. And some of the things that applied in the old Testament don't necessarily apply to us today. And so again, just a, a phenomenal story of faith, of prayer and, uh, the power of the Holy spirit. So, all right. Well, Ruthie, fun time today. I enjoyed that story. Uh, for those joining online, thanks again for joining and we'll see you next week on Lessons with Dad.